You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Family, friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Oh, and what a show we've got for you today, but before you get to the show, you know what you got to do. Go on the social media outlets that you go on, whether it be your internet or your phone or your phone on the internet. If you do that, or your laptop or the internet or your laptop on the internet, go on there and uh, so and 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 uh, you know just go to, if you're on twitter just uh, give us a follow on uh, at tnw pod if you're on instagram give us a follow on there uh, at uh, talking wrestling podcast or maybe you want to send us a gmail or that's just an email with a different letter but the same thing and it's talking wrestling at gmail.com or you want to listen to us on spotify you can do that listen to us on spotify and give us a heart Put us in a list. Do whatever you do on Spotify. And we're at Talking Wrestling. Hey, and if you're, uh, what else is there? There's, oh my God, Facebook. We're on Facebook. Backslash Talking Wrestling. Um, and of course, the last one I got to mention is if you're following us on uh, uh, Apple iTunes, uh, you know, give us a rate, review, subscribe. And uh, if you give us like a five-star rating and a favorable review, I will send you a postcard of a wrestler from 1983 because that's when the postcards are from. So, if, so if you don't, if you weren't alive, you need to Google 1983 wrestlers or who are the wrestlers that my dad liked, and then you can just say, "Dad, who's your favorite wrestler?" And he was like, "Well, I like the gentleman Chris Adams." Boom, we got that postcard and we send it to you. That's how easy it works, folks. Very, very, very easy. Don't think WWE, think AWA. Yeah, exactly. So with that said, uh, it is time to start the show. And folks, I am excited. Uh, on the initial list of people that I wanted on this show, because most of them are going to be comedians from Canada, because that's what I have the easiest access to, this man's name has been on the list. And uh, he's one of, he's, uh, originally I know him from being from Vancouver, but now we're out here in Victoria. And uh, regardless he is one of the funniest guys in the country. Uh, the last couple of years, he keeps on appearing in the Top Comic, uh, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio's Top Comic competition. He seems like he always makes it to like the, the semifinal round. And uh, <laughs> he's just a great comedian and an even bigger wrestling fan. Kevin Banner, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me on the show, buddy. What an introduction. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's the one thing I noticed. I'm like, God damn it, Kevin Banner's <laughs> in it again. You know, it's like you and Kelly Taylor are in it every time. Yeah, and, man. And Sophie Bottle. The three yeah, Sophie. Yeah, yeah, totally. The three of you are always in there. Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, but um, but yeah, it's a tough contest to run because you have to campaign all through the summer, it seems like. Yeah, it's, that's the least fun part of it is the, uh, the vote begging. Yeah, I know. And I always think I find it funny because they'll put somebody who has no intent of vote begging in there and, and it's like... Why is that guy in it? Yeah. Like, just say it. Kyle Bottom. 
I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say Tim Nutt. Oh but yeah, of course. You, Tim Nutt's not begging for any no. votes. No, no. Kyle did a thing where he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna roast everybody's act. I'm gonna watch it on YouTube and do like reaction videos to everybody, all the other semifinalists." And then uh, he did two and was kind of like, "Ah, fuck this." So like, <laughs> but he even stated like, "I'm gonna do everybody's getting roasted." Here's the first one. Here's the second one, and then it was like, done. Yeah, and some guys like from Ontario. With, I don't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> you know, can you imagine if we tried to roast everyone? Oh, man. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Unless they were like lame roasts. But, but you know, roasts, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that's not the way to go. Not the way to go. But, um, but yeah. So, regardless, we're not here to talk comedy. We're here to talk wrestling. So, we'll just get right to it. Kevin, how, how did you get into wrestling? What happened? What is the Kevin Banner, uh, Banner Club? What is... <laughs> The wrestling story. What is your origin story? Uh, I don't remember the first time that I watched wrestling, but the f- the earliest, like I know that I had seen it before because I was excited to see it then. But I remember like a segment with Shawn Michaels on just like superstars, and he was being interviewed, and I was babysitting these kids, and I shouldn't have been because I was only like ten myself. Uh, but I was watching these kids, and they flipped out because they did not want to watch wrestling. And I was in charge, so we got to watch wrestling. That's awesome. But yeah, it was a, a Shawn Michaels segment, which I, I I'm I don't like Shawn Michaels. I mean, I I respect and I do like him, but I mean, uh, I'm a Canadian, and so I love Bret Hart. Yes. and I don't want to cheer or enjoy Shawn Michaels. Is it the, like for the longest time I had the trouble, the same problems? Like I like Shawn Michaels before everything went down to the screw job, right? But. The problem is, is there's more to the screw job than the screw job. Like, is yeah. the, like it came out. They had Meltzer on Jericho one time, and Meltzer was talking about how uh, the WWE had plans to go ahead with Owen, and Owen was going to step into that Brett role, hmm. and they were going to give him this character called the Game. And one of the uh-huh. first things that was supposed to happen after Survivor Series was Sean was supposed to do a job to Owen, and they were going to maybe put the belt on Owen for a bit. And, you know, because they, they had that big void to fill with Brett, but they figured Owen's Owen's capable of doing all these main events. Every, like, and people love Owen. That would have been right. And it would have been time to make. But, no, Hunter took the gimmick, Ugh. and Sean wouldn't job to him and, and wouldn't drop the title to him. Ugh. And it was just like, you know, when I found that stuff out, I'm like, you know, I respect Shawn Michaels, but, you know, like, it's just so hard to like yeah. him. Yeah, I, know, I know if I saw him. I would like him because yeah. in the end he's Shawn Michaels. I, I I forget who it was, but somebody said, uh, "Oh, I think it was the Hurricane." But he was talking about when he did that thing years ago on YouTube where he shit on HBK. Yeah. Uh, but he said something about like imagine the best basketball player, uh, Michael Jordan, was secretly going behind other people's backs to the commissioner and trying to get guys thrown out of the league just because he didn't like them. It would be the biggest scandal ever, but it's wrestling, yeah. and so nobody cares. And any HBK fan that shits on Bret Hart for not wanting to lose the belt, Shawn Michaels had, like, in the 90s, held 10 titles, and I think he lost them, or he forfeited eight of them. He vacated or yeah. forfeited titles. Yes. So fucking kiss my grits, and Shawn they, Michaels and, and, fans. And people were like, oh, Bret Hart always just worked with his family. It's like, yeah, you just worked with the clique. Like, like I don't, yeah. you know, like, and, and when Bret's working with his family, like, 
Uh, you, do you have a problem with Wembley Stadium fucking yeah. main event with Bulldog versus yeah. Brett? Brett also a- dragged a great match out of like Diesel, yeah, which was fucking impossible. Even mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels didn't have great matches with Kevin Nash. Yeah, no, totally agreed. And it, and it's just like, yeah, because uh, you know, like <laughs> Diesel would just have not have to do anything, and Shawn would just run around in the circle yeah. and and do all the bumps. Um, but yeah, but it's. It's amazing, yeah, because, like, I don't know, like, it's more like Hunter is the one. I think he's the shits. I think he sucks. I hate his guts. Like, to me. I love when Bret Hart shits on him because Bret Hart still hates his guts. Yeah, and, and the funniest thing is, is, uh, is Bret doesn't give a fuck and they keep bringing him back and yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. Have you ever seen the, uh, the video that somebody put together on YouTube and it's just Bret Hart shoots on everybody or buries the world or something like that? Yeah. And it's just, he, when he talks about Triple H, he's like, oh, you know, I think he's like a, like a two out of 10 wrestler or something like that. Like he just hates his guts, will not give him a, what has he ever, you know, created or invented? Well, exactly. That game character, like, it seemed like forever he was wrestling Mick Foley, and Foley like was at, yeah. if if Foley puts him over because Foley was at a different level, then Hunter goes gets to that level. But it it mm. took it went all it seemed like the feud lasted a year, and it finally at SummerSlam the New York Street Fight was when Hunter finally stepped it up into a different level. But like people talk about DX, and they talk about how great DX was. I'm like, look at. When DX was Hunter and Sean and China and Rick Rude, that was the best DX because Sean yeah. is a main event player, so it was a main event faction. But the minute Hunter took it over, it's like you just dropped to mid card faction. Yeah, you're with a bunch of mid carders. He, uh, yeah, I, I, I've never really liked Triple H, and I hate this new, um, like rebirth that he's getting with all the, like because he's the daddy of NXT or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're, you're booking. All of the hottest indie talents of the last well, eight years, and I, patting yourself on the back for it. I like to say that Hunter has a problem. Um, he doesn't understand what indie wrestling is mm. because, and I've said this on the show before, is because um, indie wrestling is independent wrestlers making a career outside the WWE. And he Whereas, never, he never really had to no he, to do that well, grind. Not only that, he thinks indie wrestling is. When you go into somebody else's territory and you find a bunch of talent and then you just bring them back to uh, NXT with you, just like Indiana Jones used to do in every movie. (laughs) Indiana Jones didn't find those rocks. The kids (laughs) dug them out of the ground and Indy just took them. And that's what Hunter does with Indy. And then he gets back and he's like, I just found the Ark of Covenant. No, you didn't. You fucking stole it from the Germans, you fucking Indy. Like, and that's what Hunter does with all the talent. Also, if you look at, uh, I think it's the last... Stole Walter from the Germans. Like nine. <laughs> it's the last nine WrestleManias that he's been a part of. He's had the longest match on eight of them. Yeah. Uh, he comes out of retirement, ba- uh, uh, wins the Royal Rumble for the title just to headline the biggest mania, the one in Dallas that yeah. had, they said, 103,000 people or whatever. Just like... He was never the guy. He was always the guy that worked with the guy, right? Like, he, he didn't make a lot of people. No, I don't um, think so. You know, and the people like to say that, like, he really elevated Randy Orton and Batista by being in Evolution. I think that's horseshit. Too. I think that's why Ric Flair was there. 
uh, it, it, I just I'm I'm super biased too, but I just I'm not a fan. He, he the only real like matches of his that I really loved were the the series with uh, Foley in in the early 2000s, and that's because I loved Foley and everything he was doing at the time was fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and also I mean he had those matches with the Undertaker, but you know. Not a lot of people were having bad WrestleMania matches with The Undertaker either, right? No, and like for me, it's like the best match I've ever seen him in was uh, I, I saw it on a house show in Ottawa, mm. and it was a triple threat match for the IC title, and it was really Hunter was the belt, had the belt, and he walked out in and out with the belt, but the triple threat was Hunter, Brett, and Stone Cold, uh-huh. and I'm like, this is just a fucking great match. And I think it was Hunter's best match because I don't really remember anything Hunter did. I just remember Brett and Stone Cold tore the fucking room apart. Mm, like, of course. And Hunter walked out with the IC title. Do you remember what was the main event of the first show you uh, ever saw? First house show you ever saw? Oh, yeah, saw? very, very easily. It was it was uh, 1986, Hulkamania, August 27th. And, and it was the Hulkamania tour. And, uh, you know, I can pretty much tell the whole card. Um, who who was Hogan working on top then? Macho Man. Oh yeah, that's a decent and main event, I guess, for your yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. I think mine was a tag team. It was Luger and Brett versus Owen and Yoko, or not? Yeah, Owen and Yoko, and then the finish was a, a DQ with the salt bucket. Was was uh, Cornette there at all? I don't think so. Or just so. Fuji? Or I don't, just no I manager? I don't think either one of them. But yeah. that could just be my dog shit memory, but. Yeah, and then the next one I saw, the next show that I saw in Victoria was main event. It was Bret Hart and the Patriot, and they did a dusty finish where it looked like the Patriot won the fucking title, and the fucking room died. People were fucking just, like, stood in shock, Uh and then the ref popped up and was like, no, 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 restarted the match, and then Bret won pretty soon thereafter. It was fucking awesome. I've also, like, out of the house shows that used to come through Ottawa, I saw uh, one of them had, uh, was Hogan and Bossman was the main event. And that was great. And uh, Hogan used to come to Ottawa quite a bit. bit. That's crazy. Uh, like, so <laughs> it used to be pretty cool. But uh, also, we used to get superstar tapings. So oh. those would be great because, like, basically, in like you go and sit through five plus hours of wrestling, and they'd have good like the ladder match that's on um, uh, Sean and, Sean, or, or, or Sean and Brett when they do the ladder match. Oh yeah. Uh, that was in Ottawa. I oh, was wow. I, I was at that show. That's crazy. And it was amazing. I was like, I remember there was a battle royal one time, and a, a fan jumped the ring pole, jumped the ring, and tried to get in the tried to get into the hmm. like slide underneath the bottom rope, and fucking Skinner just booted the fucker in the head, uh? and the guy just crumbled fucking on the Skinner. outside. Oh, it was so great. It was so great. There's a great clip on uh, YouTube of uh, Kevin Owens when he was a, a Quebec indie worker yeah. challenging a guy. Yeah, okay. The guy kept saying something or whatever, and he's like, yeah, get in the ring. And the guy tried to get in the ring, and he fucking just punts him. Oh, yeah. Like, some of the greatest hits are when people get in the ring. Like, look at last year at the fucking Hall of Fame, that guy. Man. Oh. Like, the between 
Shane McMahon was the first fucker in there. Like he was, he was trying to, he was, was dumbing up the guy, Ronda of, Rousey's husband. Yeah, oh Travis. my god, Travis Brown, and one of the uh, one of the guys from the Revival at came the, and hit the, that the very end. sucker punch at the end, where oh. it's the only time where I've I've cheered for a sucker punch because yeah. I was like, that was great because uh, yeah, the guy tackled the hitman. Oh yeah, and not only that, I'm, 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 kudos to uh, to. Uh, um, Harry Davy Boy Jr. Right. because he was in there too, and like you're like, how did he know to wear this outfit? I'm like, that's what he dresses like. Yeah, like, it's like Teddy Hart. I'm like, Teddy Hart is always in pajamas. Yep. He's the new you have to, and he makes them. You fucking even better out of his cats. No, he doesn't. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's so many cats oh, with the Hart man. family. Uh, to, I did love. You ever, have you seen the trailer or like he he was going to make a reality show, Teddy Hart? Have you no, seen that? No, I the, did. No, I think maybe I have. The trailer is on YouTube, and it was basically like he he lived in a house in Calgary or Edmonton. Yeah, and he had his three girlfriends living with him, and all of his cats, and so that he's just putting out cat food on this tray and like <laughs> thirty dollops of this cat food and laying it out for all these cats. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it fell apart though when he had the the falling out with his then missus that ended up uh, with him leaving the country, fleeing charges. There is uh, one episode of Divas where Natalie throws a big barbecue at a big party, and it shows people coming in the door. It says who they are, and uh, Teddy Hart comes in, and it just says Teddy, and then it says friend. Oh, it doesn't even say. It doesn't Teddy even Hart. say Natty's it cousin or Natty's oh cousin. God. They know sold Teddy Hart. That's and the fucking that. Uh, and it's just like, oh, because I love that Teddy Hart is the main reason why I watch MLW. On, oh, yeah. On fucking. Now, of course, MJF is also there. But the Hart Foundation is so great. Like, I was such a huge fan of uh, of Harry and uh, and Tyson Kidd. Like, yeah. when they were together. Like, do you remember, like, one Christmas they on SmackDown on Christmas night or Christmas? Yeah, it was the night of Christmas. I remember. And uh, DX, Hunter and Sean are in the ring against fucking Davey Boy and Junior and uh, and Tyson and Natty's on the outside. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and they're like, and, and, and Shawn Michaels is looking at Hunter and he's like, and they're like, where have we seen this before? <laughs> and then, you know, they have a great match. And it's, you know, it's Tyson Kidd that brought Brett and Shawn back together because he, he even says at WrestleMania, the, the hour... Matt, the hour triathlon. I mean, the the, uh, the the what is it? The fucking Iron Man. Iron Man match. Yeah. Um, that's my least favorite match, by the way, because the ending is such a Bruce Hart finish, kick to the nuts, because it's such a fucking. It's so upsetting to me. I'm like, yeah. the, the fucking on AEW, they always say champions advantage is the tie goes to the fucking champion. Yeah. And we don't need, whether it's Piper or Gorilla or whoever came down and fucking It was said, Gorilla Monsoon. When said, I was a kid, that made me so mad. I was like, if it's, <laughs> if they're, I was like, if they're going in overtime, it just start with the fucking middle of the ring and the sharpshooter, Shawn Michaels should be in the fucking yeah. sharpshooter. Like, because it drove me <laughs> insane that Brett defended his title and then lost it in a bullshit fucking yep. overtime. To me, the hell in the cell that just happened... The, the finish oh, with Rollins and uh, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, people are upset about that finish. I'm like, that finish does not even upset me yeah. as much as this finish, because uh, at some point the ref has got to stop attempted murder. 
in the you know what I yeah. mean? Like the ref had to make a decision, yeah. you know, and the, and then but but just coming down and be like, that was a great hour long match, but it didn't go the way we planned it. So uh, we're gonna have to have, <sighs> and then it's the fucking bullshit. Sudden death horseshit. Yeah, that made me so mad as a kid. How can you have sudden death in an Iron Man match? The whole thing <laughs> is that there's no sudden death. Uh, and, I, and like to me, I would be like, how are you okay with even going along with that finish, Brad? Trash. I don't even know, but that's like that to me is a bigger is screw job is fine. Like I'm, you know, but this is like crazy. <laughs> what are your favorite three favorite Bret Hart matches? Um. Okay, uh, Brett, and okay, yeah. So number one is my favorite match of all time, fucking thirteen. Yeah, Brett and Austin yeah. is the greatest match of all time. Yeah, uh, it has the best storytelling. Uh, if you ever want to listen to a great podcast, Stone Cold has Brett on his show, and they play the match and they commentate the match together. That's awesome, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two. Um, I would say, uh, well, I would say uh, number two for me is uh, Brett and Piper for the Intercontinental title. Nice. Because uh, that match is fucking fantastic. That mania with the, f- the yeah. finish with the pin. Yeah. Yeah. And then number three, oh, number three has got to be like, see, him and Kurt for the IC title is fucking fantastic. But at the same time, uh, Davy Boy and, and Wembley is amazing because like the story behind that 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 you know Brett carried that match through because yeah. Brett was like you like you, I watched it recently and fucking when Davy Boy gets up on the turnbuckle at the start of the match you can see him breathing heavy oh really he's huh? like Whoa, you know so uh, that match is spectacular but at the same time everybody talks about wrestlemania 10 and everybody talks about yeah sean michaels and fucking razor ramon and if look at it's like comedy if you have a fucking gimmick you're not as good as a writer and storyteller yeah as somebody that doesn't <laughs> have a fucking gimmick yeah you know you're a bit of a hack owen and brett went on fucking number one they took yep. the bullet and no match could fucking no. follow that until the ladder match which had to use a gimmick that Bret Hart brought to the WWE yeah. to get yeah. over. So, fucking right, man. Yeah. Like Brett's the greatest. Brett's the greatest. But yeah, that my my list is very similar to yours. It would be it would be Austin at Mania 13. Yeah. It'd be Owen and the Davy Boy match because but, and also those are like the, even even if I went back and watched them now and they weren't some of the best matches ever, yeah. the nostalgia and the feeling that I had as a kid around those three matches would still be they would still be my three favorite. How much matches. do you love Calgary Stampede? That pay per view is incredible. And that's the greatest pay per view. Uh, it, it's Four matches, so good. Yeah, and it was short because it was a it was, that was an in your house or whatever. It right? was an in like, your house, oh, but fuck. the fucking camera is shaking because the yeah. place was shaking, and it's like. At the time, like, Shamrock was fucking awesome. And, he, you know, Shamrock doesn't get his credit. The dude, like... It, you know, it's like, crazy. He he's brought, making a comeback right now, though. Oh, right? he's within... He signed with Impact, yeah. yeah. Well, I had him on the show, and he talked about... Oh, really? Yeah, and he, nice. he talked about... He wouldn't talk about uh, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki. Oh. I brought that up, and I felt... He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, all right. Well, right, huh? next question. I actually talked to him. I'm like, how much did you know, like going into WrestleMania 13, you're a big part of the greatest match ever. I said, how much did you know about the, 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 the ending of the match? 
He's like, he didn't know anything. <laughs> He's like, when you see me pick Brad up and suplex him, it's because I thought that's, I'm like, I got to break this fucking fight up. And he did. And he goes, that was a real fucking, fucking wow. suplex. He didn't, he had no clue of the, of the, of the swerve. And, uh, I was like, fucking, that's great. That's great. Very nice guy. I worked with him. That's I cool. did a show with him. And oh, is Shamrock out doing uh, speaking tours? Speaking tours. Yeah, because he draws from UFC fans and and the WWE. But as far as you know, nobody was doing ankle locks before Ken Shamrock. No. Nobody was tapping out before Ken Shamrock. That's uh, nobody was wearing Undertaker gloves before Ken Shamrock. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was wearing the shin pads the way he wore them. Yeah. Before Ken Shamrock. He really changed the he game. He brought a lot of Japanese stuff and to, UFC stuff yeah, to, to the WWE. Like you see, Undertaker following that lead. You see Vader follow. Well, Vader had the gloves, so technically. But you know, you see, you definitely see Brock following that lead, and uh, you know, and Ken and Ken Shamrock had a had a, had a great run. It's just that he yeah. couldn't do interviews. So, okay, so you said that you did shows with Shamrock. You've also done shows with Ziggler. Ziggler, I got the, my DZ hat on nice. right now. Who else? Uh, uh, Ziggler. Okay, so I did uh, Ted DiBiase's first set of shows nice. with him. I did Ricky Steamboat's first set of shows with him. I did. Um, I've been with Hacksaw. Uh, I've been with Mick Foley. No, I haven't done Mick Foley, but I've been at Mick Foley's when right. other people have been, like Michelle Shaughnessy used to always open for Mick. Right. Um, so I, who is who's one wrestler that you would that hasn't done a, a speaking tour yet that you would like to see do oh, a speaking tour? Oh fuck, where do you want to start? Like I uh, want just one. You can only pick one wrestler that hasn't done a tour yet. Not even that you're working with them, that you get to see the show. Who's the one Who's the one person? One person. Fucking Scott Hall. Interesting. Yeah. Because I can listen to Scott Hall. All night long. Yeah, I love his. But see, for me, he's done enough shoots that it scratches that itch. I would like to see Taker fucking tell some stories. But he's did you so not, did you not Did you not watch that episode of Church where he was on the show talking? No, take, I take her. I don't know if he'd tell stories, but that's the thing because he's so protective. But if if he could. Uh, yeah, I would like to. He- I would like to hear his his side of shit because everyone always puts him over. I'd like to hear him tell his his side of the stories. It's weird just talking to him. Yeah. I had an interaction with him. It's uh, it's to tell me it, about. It. Well, I gotta well hear. everybody on the show knows. Oh, the, it's like you've told it's it one of the greatest. People love this story, so I'll give you the brief summarize of it. So basically, this is the summer of the screw job. And uh, it's, yeah, so 97, I guess. And uh, I'm working at a restaurant called the Lone Star Cafe. It's owned by a Texan who played in the CFL by the name of Val Belcher. Uh, rest in peace. And Val Belcher came up to me one day. And he said, Casey, uh, I understand that you're a big uh, wrestling guy. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, I love wrestling, Val. He goes, you ever hear of a wrestler by the name of uh, The Undertaker? And I said, yeah, Val, everybody... Knows the Undertaker. He's the fucking Undertaker. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, uh, the Undertaker and I, our daddies grew up together, and uh, yeah, our daddies were best friends. So I used to like, I used to wrestle the Undertaker on the street, and I beat him all the time, you know. <laughs> like, and he goes, and I was like, and I was like, well, that I said uh, that's a great story, Val. 
But uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, the Undertaker's daddy died in a funeral parlor fire. And, <laughs> and I thought that would be funny when I said that to him. But he's like, no, it didn't. And he, he didn't understand the joke because right. he doesn't know anything about wrestling. He just knows that uh, his buddy used to, is a wrestler yeah. now. So he goes, no, he didn't. And I was like, oh, never mind. And he goes, he goes, will you do me a favor? And I was like, what's that? And he was like, next time you're talking to The Undertaker, can you tell him I said hello? Yeah, next time I have a fucking beer with The Undertaker, <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, he, yeah, guess what? Uh, <laughs> like, as, When is that fucking moment ever going to happen? So the answer Three months later. <laughs> so here we are. The night. Okay. I didn't go to Survivor Series in Montreal. And the reason being was. And all the fans are like. We know. You know. The reason being was. I went to my first Buffalo Bills game. Because I'm a very passionate NFL Bills fan. Okay. And I passed the Survivor Series. Because I had tickets to Raw the next two nights. And Glenn Kalka. Who was in a CFLer? Yeah, the Colkster. Yeah, he was going to introduce me to Brett on Monday night. Amazing. And so I had an in. I had everything was oh. fucking great, but then all of a sudden, screw job happens. Heartbreaking. And I still was with Glenn the night the night after, and he's like, "Yeah, nobody's really talking about it, but everybody. Well, Vince McMahon's not here tonight because he's in the hospital in Montreal because Brett put him in the hospital. He knocked with one punch and dropped him." And uh, I was like, oh, my God. You know, and, like, and like everybody boycotted the show. It was If you watch that Raw, it's one of the worst Raws ever. Yeah. You know, like they had to break up the the the, uh, the, uh, the the Texas Blackjacks because Barry Windham just fucked off. And huh. so many wrestlers just fucked off, right? A lot of them just didn't even fuck off. They just drank in the bar and would not appear on the show in the wrestling. Wow. So anyway... Um, I was gonna meet Bret Hart that night, but oh. no, nope, Bret Hart was not there. Devastating. And uh, and so then the so then the next night I had uh, tickets to go see Raw in Cornwall. Now that Raw is famous for being Rick Rude's last show, and the W where he appeared on oh, Raw. Oh, where he and, appeared on both. Yeah, because this is the tape Raw for the next week. Did you know he also was on the ECW syndicated show that week? I did not know that. I only learned that recently that he was on all three of these shows in the same That's awesome. in the same week. So so then what happens is uh I I go there and Kulk is supposed to leave me tickets for Cornwall. We drive two hours to Cornwall from Ottawa and uh, there's no tickets. And we're like Kulka. fuck and my buddy goes, uh, you know, we'll just walk around the building and we'll see he goes, I do this all the time. You you pull a door open and it opens and you never know what the fuck happens. And like my buddy has had the craziest adventures. Like, <laughs> like one time he opened the door and he walked in, and he one of the Hebners like, "Does anybody know how do we can get where, where we can get beer?" And my buddy's like, "I know." He brought him to the corner fucking store, got him all fucking beer. Long story short, <laughs> he's taking down the ring after the fucking show. So you know he's just like, yeah, he's crazy this guy. So anyways, he's but he's with me in Cornwall, and this guy like one time we we're at a show in Iron Prior, my hometown. And Snooker was on the show. And he's my buddy's such an undertaker, Mark, where he's like, he meets Snooker. He's like, Can I ask you a question, Mr. Snooker? Yeah, brother, what is it? And he goes, Um, WrestleMania seven, you wrestled a virtually unknown wrestler by the name of the Undertaker. When he pinned you for the one, two, three, did you know that he had the, the great makings back then of being the champion he is today? And Snooker said, What? 
<laughs> like it had nothing to do with Snooker at all. He just wants to know about the fucking Undertaker. <laughs> so so anyways, we're we're at the Raw the night two nights later. So uh, yeah, so what happened was we we didn't have tickets. And then we're fucking okay, well, I guess we're about to leave. And then this guy comes out, he goes, You guys want tickets? He's like, Yeah and he goes, Here you can have my tickets and gives them gives me our set of tickets and then he goes, Do you want these backstage passes too? <laughs> and we're like, uh, sure. So then we get backstage passes. Turns out this guy donated the Harley Davidsons to the DOA. Oh. And they drove down on his Harleys. <laughs> but their match was over. The Harleys are gone back to the store. He doesn't need to stay around. He brought his girls backstage. So we have backstage passes. We don't even know how to fucking how to use them. We don't even know where to go. So we watched the whole show, and then I was like, let's just go down to the back exit where everybody has to fucking leave out of. They'll all come through. So sure enough, you know, Brian Christopher's there. We fucking start talking to him. He's staying in character. Uh, Crowbar or Devin Storm oh, was yeah. there. He was in the the, 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 the junior tournament for right, the, right, going right. On. And uh, they all started coming through. Vader locked his keys in his car. <laughs> he was like fucking, ah. uh, d- the fucking gold dust just took off like before, you know. And there was like no fanfare, like barely any fanfare. <laughs> and um, and we're and you know like Ron Simmons comes out with Ahmed Johnson, who was the biggest back I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they're like, and he's like, damn, it's cold. And I'm like, you played in the CFL. He's like, never this cold, you know. And it's like it's November sixth, you know, November eighth or something like that. And, uh, you know, so they all start coming out. We only have two pitchers left. So we're like, fuck, we got to wait for the time we can come out. Sure enough, Brian Lee comes out with Austin. I was like, there we go. That's a pitcher right there. How are we going to get Brian Lee to get a pitcher with us? It's so cold. That's going to be weird. So my buddy's like, hey, uh, Brian Lee. Um, and then he's like, I'm a big fan. He goes, yeah. He goes, cool. He goes, hey, uh, is it true uh, that you were the best man at the Undertaker's wedding? And he goes, Yeah. Yeah, I was. He goes, and is it true that you're the, uh, are you the underfaker? The under, the, the fake undertaker? The underfaker? And he's like, yeah, I was the fake undertaker. That's, that's true. And I was like, where are you getting this information from? Because there's no hot. <laughs> pre-internet. Like, there's, there's pre-internet. Like, how much are you fucking wasting on Mean Jeans Hotline every <laughs> week without asking your mom? You know, yeah. you're fucking spending dollars. To what, and hit me with Mean Jeans Hotline number, please. Yeah, I wish I fucking knew it. 1-900-909-9900. <laughs> that, I, I never called it once, but I remember it. And yeah. I could call my buddy Ferg right now, wake him up. And he would be able to say it. one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred. That's the fucking best. <laughs> so so what happens next is uh, he goes and jumps in a, between Stone Cold and the fucking Brian Lee, and I'm like, oh, I see how it's gonna go. So I take a picture, and then I jump in and pin. I get a picture with them, and then our disposable camera was done. Right. So, but I was Stone Cold. I was like talking about hunting, blah blah blah. It was great. Like we got to talk to everybody, and we had passes on, so nobody said was anything rude to us. So anyway, sure enough, um, we wait, and no more wrestlers are coming out. But we knew there was at least a couple more wrestlers because <laughs> The Undertaker had not come out. But sure enough, uh, now The Undertaker comes walking down. He's got carry-on luggage, little trolley like he's a stewardess, <laughs> and but he's in a full fucking duster, leather duster, and he has he looks more like the badass Undertaker because he's got a bandana on, his hair is pulled back, and he's got shades on, huh. like at night. And uh, so he walks out, and my buddy's like, oh, my God, it's a fucking Undertaker. I'm like, relax, be cool. He's like, oh, my God, it's a fucking Undertaker. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? 
was like, just fucking be cool. So then Undertaker gets there. He's like, oh my God, Undertaker, I'm his biggest fan. I'm the biggest fan ever. Uh, I always wanted to meet you, and I, I, I always want to ask you a question, but I don't know what, what I want to ask. Uh, fuck, I wish, I wish I knew what I wanted to ask you, but I can't think of anything. And then he looks at him, he goes, looks at his luggage, he goes, you want me to take your luggage to your tour van? Because everybody had rentals, except there was a fucking bus that was purple and gray with lightning all over it. Huh. So that's clearly the Undertakers. So he brings the Undertakers, and it's foggy out. So he brings the Undertakers fucking bag out to his bus, and it's just the Undertaker and me standing there by ourselves. And then I realize, holy fuck, I got something to say to this guy. And of course. I, I, yeah. I fucking, so I said to him, I was like, excuse me, uh, Mr. Mister Taker. And he looked at me, and his glasses were on. And I said, uh, we have a friend in common. Uh, I work for a big old Texan by the name of Val Belcher. And all of a sudden, he turns his head, he takes his glasses off, and in a Texas accent, which nobody had ever heard back then, because it was just, everything was right. kayfabe, he's like, Val Belcher from Houston, Texas? I was like, yeah. Val Belcher from Houston, Texas. And he goes, oh, my God, our daddies grew up together. They were best friends. I was like, that's what he told me. But I said that was impossible because we all know that your daddy died in a funeral parlor fire. Uh, no sell. Uh, Undertaker didn't even fucking blink an uh, eye. I was like, fuck. You know, so sure enough, he's like, uh, I said, oh, I'm sorry about my friend. He's just, you know, he's just a big fan. He goes, yeah, I know. We get him every now and again. Mm. Don't worry. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, so we talked. I was like, um, I know you're going to be in Toronto tomorrow. Uh, there's a Lone Star in Toronto. If you want to go eat there, you can. He's like, well, you know what? I, I don't think, uh, he goes, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the restaurant. But he's like, I got a tattoo guy that I like in Toronto and I got a day off. So I got, we're going nine hours on this arm. And uh, that's my that's that's what I'm doing tomorrow in Toronto. Jesus. And I was like, I was like, holy lord. And then I was like, oh. And he goes, but you do me a favor. And I was like, what's that? He goes, you tell Val that Mark Calloway said hello. And I was like, okay. He goes, I'm Mark. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and then he was like, okay. And I was like, again, I'm sorry about my friend. He goes, oh, here he comes. He's like, all right. Well, it was very nice meeting you. And I was like. Yeah, he goes, yeah, tell Val I said hello. And then he puts his glasses back on. And then my friend comes in. And meanwhile, a road agent comes in with this hot blonde. And uh, and and uh, all of a sudden, my buddy's like, I still don't know what to ask you. I've been thinking, but I still don't know a question to ask you. Meanwhile, the road agent is standing there with the blonde. And the blonde's going, Mark, let's go. Mark, let's go. And so finally, my buddy goes, you know, it's quite clear to me what the situation is really. And that girl did not have the name that matched the name on his neck at that time. Right. So I don't think talking about the Undertaker's infidelities is a problem because he's been married like three times at least. (laughs) So anyways, it's clear to me that that is, uh, you know, a piece of the road that's going to go on to who were bus with them. She's like, Mark, let's go. Mark, let's go. And then my buddy goes, okay, I don't know what to ask you. And then finally he looks at the undertaker and goes, how are your wife and kids? <sighs> That's exactly what I did. <gasps> and, 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 then, and then the undertaker took off his glasses 
and his fucking eyes were rolled in the back of his head. Huh? And he goes, you claim to know me. You talk to me like you know me. And my fucking buddy dropped to his knees and fucking was like, I'm so sorry. I'm oh so sorry. God. Please forgive me. Please forgive And then he fucking put the glasses back on and he just fucking drifted into the fucking November fog <laughs> until he fucking disappeared and I never saw him until TV Amazing. again. And that's my Undertaker story. That's pretty badass. Like, I got to fucking have a conversation with the Undertaker because of Val Belcher. God rest his soul. <laughs> fucking great man. I, uh... That's my best wrestling story too. It's fucking. I you know. I don't know. My, I got punched in the head by Sabu. That was pretty fun. But uh, my best, my favorite one to tell is just that I did the shows with Jake the Snake a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, we were standing in the green room at the Yuck Yucks in Vancouver, and it's pretty small green room to begin with. And then he had all these boxes of merch, and so I said, uh, "I'm gonna get out of here, Jake. Let me shimmy past you." And he looks me in the eye and he goes, "Brother." Guys like us don't shimmy. <laughs> I was like, fucking right, sweetheart, Jake the Snake. <laughs> yeah, he was a fucking beauty. Yeah, that's great. He's one of the guys that I haven't had the chance to work with, and uh, I can't wait to work with him someday. But uh, the more wrestlers that keep coming, like, you know, uh, there's, they're having guys like, you know, Tito Santana. Yeah. Like, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm fucking... I, I don't know, like, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, I'd love to listen to them. Either. I'd like to listen to those guys together. X-Pac, I fucking love X-Pac. Sure. I can listen to him talk. You know, he's very uh, respective towards Brett as well. So uh, I love listening to X-Pac. Jericho, I would fucking follow Jericho to the end of the earth. Yeah, I love Chris Jericho. I paid for Fozzie twice in one week and did the VIP twice in one week. Just so I could get multiple pictures with Jericho to pretend we're friends. Uh, it was fucking, you know, like, there isn't anything that Jericho can't do. His books are great. His podcast is great. Yeah. His fucking wrestling is great. He, everything he does is, that's what I said, you know, while some people claim to be the best in the world, you're the best at everything you you do. Like, you do fucking book. It goes number one on the bestseller list. You do a podcast. It's fucking, you have now a podcast label of your own yeah i was like you do uh you fucking wrestle everybody that's getting money in the wwe now for stain owes chris fucking jericho a fucking thank you he's the man he's you know he's the best and and did you ever think that he would be this good in aew no i remember i remember uh like i i'm a huge fan but also it's kind of like fuck what are they gonna do like what is he gonna do there well, what he's going to do is he's going to fucking have all these great new catchphrases, cut great promos. Like the introduction of the inner circle yeah. is one of the better promos that's happened in the last fucking in this decade. Like it was it was awesome. He's yeah. the man. Is and, you know, and he's going to show how much he is the man because he's going to get Sammy Guevara over. Huh? And like you, you already know, like before they came out, he had that stupid fucking panda jacket on. And Jericho's like. You're not wearing that in my faction. Go get a leather jacket now, because uh. you look like a fucking idiot. And I love Sammy. Gu- I don't. I'm not the biggest. I'm not sold on Sammy Guevara yet. But it's just like he he's got his gum chewing down. He's definitely been taking <laughs> Shawn Michaels gum chewing 101. I thought he had the most arrogant like nip up too, where he Fuck, like slow so motion kind of came yes, up. Like, that's, yeah. I, that's that's when you know he's good. I'm like, 
That's the first little time things I saw like that. that. Little things like that. Like, you know, the, the future of AEW looks great with, like, MJF. Like, when MJF teased that he was going to turn on Cody. Yeah. you know someday he will. Eventually, eventually yeah. And but, the fucking pop will be massive. Oh, but not keep it, keep it two years away from like yeah you know but like slow build and i think i feel i feel like they will because i think that they know what they they have there yeah um but i like uh it's just like it's so funny listening to the aew tards and the wwe lifers argue with each other and it's just like just enjoy just, it yeah like we there's so much wrestling on you yeah. can't even watch it, it and all. more coming too because like new japan is uh starting their american company up soon i'm going Have to you watched any of the nwa the power, power? it's yeah, fucking it's great phenomenal yeah it, it's like uh yeah we watched the first one jeff and i watched the first one uh we watched well, I, I'm a, I love impact I, I know some people don't like yeah. Impact, but I'm like, Brian Cage is fucking crazy. Yeah. Tessa Blanchard is going to be one of the top female stars. Not even top female, top stars. Yeah, she's she so hasn't good. Even, she hasn't even come close to hitting her peak yet. No. And it won't be until fucking her and Charlotte are staring at each other across the ring at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's the fucking match. I'd like to see her and a couple others end oh, up in AEW, and, just yeah. because I feel like their their women their women's division needs, needs more top top end. I'll people. tell you who I can't stand in AEW is the Japanese girl that tries to be Freddie Mercury. Oh, because yeah. in mm-hmm. Toronto we have uh, we have Lucha Freddie, and this guy is from Britain, and he looks like Freddie Mercury, and he's a Lucha, oh. and he wrestles as Lucha Freddie. And all the gimmicks she's doing, he's already fucking done. Oh. And he's been doing it for years. I'm like, fuck you. You know, like, you fake mustache on the way to the ring? Like, what? You know, I'm not, the women's division is fine in, in AEW. But, you know, it's like, to me, the biggest woman they have is Awesome Kong. And they're not even using her. They're not even using her. And she's you know? so fucking good. Yeah, she's fucking fantastic. She's, and have you ever seen her... Uh, shoot shoot uh she did a you shoot with that that dude on uh the clips of it on youtube she has so much personality she's yeah. so well, fucking funny you not watch glow well yeah but i mean like that's like she's still doing a character but like yeah. you see like the real her she's hilarious and she's super cool oh no like i meant like i i watched all the glow the fucking interviews and everything oh okay. like I'm, I'm one of those geeks like if i like something yeah i, I like dive all the way I just, in yeah oh i've watched in the last two weeks i've watched so many fucking eddie murphy dolomite interviews it was and so it's like and i can't get yeah. enough of it i can't get enough yeah, of it that movie was great um yeah it's fucking fantastic this is we've already hit 45 minutes oh, fucking shit. Maybe, okay give me your uh give me your top three wrestling highlights in, in, in your life uh, what do you t- can you give down with top three? Okay, top three. <laughs> the one that the most, the one that still like I can get goosebumps every once in a while when I watch it on YouTube is uh, Chris Jericho's WWE debut. Yeah, because I was such a Jericho fan and WCW just wasn't the place for him to be. And I watched I watched WWE more at the time anyway. Or yeah. WWF. Yeah, and when his we all kind of knew that the countdown was him at a certain point we all yeah. came out because that's right at the beginning you'd, be, of like the you'd be reading it in the news and rumors on slam magazine yeah or some awful there was it was like 
just like prowrestling.com or something like that I would go to and they would put up news and rumors and shit yeah. and I didn't understand how the internet worked at the time so I would every day I'd be like okay they updated every day and I would be there at midnight thinking like they had it like yeah. they, they were no but it's some dude that wakes up in the morning and updates the site yeah but, but yeah, so Jericho, when his name pops up on the screen and the fucking reaction from the crowd, the road warrior pop that he yeah. got, that's that's one of my favorite moments ever in wrestling. Uh, that's probably my number one. I was at the Blackfoot um, Inn at that night. Oh, yeah. On my first tour, 99. Nice. Yeah, I was like, I'll never forget it. I was, I was in Calgary <laughs> when it happened, and here comes Calgary, Chris Jericho, Stampede, who I watched in Stampede Wrestling as well. Sure. I knew who he was, and fuck, of course... He'd come off such a great WCW run as everything he did on WCW was fucking amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. You know, I, I would love the that. Greenberg and Greenberg. The, the Ralphus. Ralphus. The fucking little, the stupid fountain haircut that was so, yeah, he was such a, thousand a and four, punchable a thousand, little guy. The list yeah. of a thousand and four moves. Armbar. Yeah. The moss-covered three-handled family credenza. Um, yeah, so there was Jericho's, Jericho's WWE debut. Uh, Mick Foley's when I thought he was actually retiring when he lost the Hell in a Cell okay. to Triple H yeah. uh, at the end of, or in 2000 wherever that was um, those two and shit oh it's tough I really uh, Dusty Rhodes versus Randy Orton the bull rope match they had yeah was something that I really loved, and I go back and watch a bunch because it was a he was an old, fat, broken down physically dude at the time. Yeah, and uh, and he still could work the crowd. He got so much out of you know his very limited physicality at the time. I I hated Dusty for the longest time yeah. in the eighties because I just thought he was a fat slob yeah. with a weird mole, and. Uh, and I also like there's a guy in PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. His name was Eddie Elner. Probably wasn't even a real person, but he was like a heel editor. Oh, so yeah. he, he hated Dusty Rhodes, and I agree with him. He's like a fat slob, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I never liked it, but like, but uh, that was when I was a kid. Then I got struck with uh, a, a, a disease when I was about 17 called obesity. Mm. And, uh, and I had it for the rest of my life. What? And as an adult now, Who's about the same size as Dusty was wrestling in his fucking thirties or forties? Uh, I can tell you, fuck that guy can move, and yeah. fuck he had cardio, and like, yeah. like I cannot, like I've become such just as a big man appreciating big men. Sure, I, 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 I that sounded really gay, but I don't, eh? I don't have a homophobe body bone in my body, so I can just say that like Dusty Rhodes is a fucking. Phenom. Yeah. Like when you look at some of those matches that he's had, uh, you know, and not even WWE Dusty. And then the Dusty Rhodes song. Uh, he's just a common man. Yeah. He, Jimmy Hart fucking wrote that song. Huh? Like that's Jimmy Hart wrote that song. He wrote fucking Sexy Boy. Like Jimmy Hart wrote so many. I've got some Jimmy hits. Hart songs on my. All, all of his WCW songs though are brutal because they were all just like Imitations. one note off from like DDP almost got sued for "Smells Like Teen Spirit" sure, rip yeah. off. It's so close. Yeah. Uh, Jericho's "Even Flow" yeah. va basically was his intro. Yeah, um, and I'm also thinking when I was talking about Dusty there, another one of my favorite moments was when Dustin beat Nick Aldis. Uh, at All In for the NWA yeah. World's Heavyweight title because 
I love that kind of stuff, long-term storytelling. Oh, Dustin there. That's probably my favorite moment this decade in wrestling was Dustin and and uh, Cody and Cody's match. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. did I say Dustin too earlier? Uh, won the world? Yeah, Cody beat Aldis, obviously. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, that match, Cody and uh, and Dustin was that's as that's as good as wrestling gets, like in the art form. Like it's just yeah, that's yeah. perfect. I had, I had DDP on the show, and uh, he talked about uh, he talked about that. So I asked him how how did you get involved all in? Just simple question. Thirty minutes later, the okay. fucking answer is done, bro. Yeah. So. Uh, just fantastic. So for me, my three, um, I was uh, superstars of wrestling. Uh, the night that Ric Flair made his television debut in the WWE, where he came in and fucking with the hit, real he, world he, title, or with the real world title, and smacked Piper in the head. Uh, Vince McMahon got a chair across the back, which was his first bump that he ever took that night. Uh, so I was there for that. That was a big deal for me. Um, then uh, maybe number two was uh, a couple of years ago at Survivor Series, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. Oh, and yeah. uh, we just saw a five-on-five match between SmackDown and Raw that took an hour and was fucking amazing. So everybody was exhausted. And now here comes Goldberg and Lesnar. And, you know, like, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting, like, a maybe a se- seven-minute match where Goldberg sure. is going to lose the Lesnar but um, then what happened was the WWE fixed everything that they did wrong with Goldberg from when he was previously there, and they just said, let's just give them a fucking Goldberg match from WCW. And Goldberg came, had the fucking intro. He came in. He was black to back to black tights, no fucking tattoo on the arse. You know, he was just – he was WCW Goldberg, and he came down. And he had a fucking Goldberg match with Brock Lesnar, and I in in minute thirty three seconds, my mind was fucking blown huh? because and I was going nuts for Goldberg because I like Goldberg in WCW, but they fucked him up so bad in WWE. They gave him white tights. They fucking trying to change him to make him theirs, yeah. and it didn't work. I and never this was, liked Goldberg, and I I like him even less now because. I'm a fucking Bret Hart guy. I can't like him. I know the kick to the head is so wrong, but but, it, but also like I was never a real big WCW guy when I was a kid. Like yeah. I like a lot of it uh, now with the network, but yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck, I was a Bret Hart guy. I Hacksaw like had a great match with Goldberg. Really? Yeah, Hacksaw of all fucking people had a great match with Goldberg. Hennig had a good one with him. Like uh, he has had some matches that I've enjoyed, but like I loved the match with Regal. Because Regal made him look like a, a twat. F- fucking right. Now, Matt, I was about to say, Hacksaw had a great match. Regal had a great match. Like, I liked, I, I like, I remember like, I, when Goldberg was coming up, I was doing amateur nights in Ottawa, and I would be in the back room, in the green room in the old yucks, and I would pretend that I was fucking Goldberg. And I'd be like, dude, in my head, I could hear the music. I walked to stage all fucking, and I was bald back then, so I fucking had the head down, like, you know, and, uh, they get on stage and just sound like Norm McDonald. So and tell a bunch of stupid jokes. There's been so many times that I was walking out on stage uh, when the comedy mix was still in Vancouver that I would hear or I would be thinking of uh, in my head Eddie Guerrero's WCW theme. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's just a great in my head. I'd be walking on like, all right, time to be time to do. 
Time fuck. to make the donuts. That's great. Uh, Kevin, fuck, thanks for coming on the show. We're definitely going to have you yeah, back sometime. Uh, hey, where can the fans uh, find you online? Uh, KevinBanner.com or on Twitter, at Banner Comedy, uh, on Instagram, Kevin Banner. Folks, uh, you heard it there. Kevin Banner on Target Wrestling. Finally, the fucking name has been crossed yep. off the list, but put onto another list of returning uh, someday. So uh, with that said, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. Um, you know what? Uh, you know what? You guys, it's been awesome. Have a great night, and uh, hope you enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, talk to, we'll talk at you later. All right, we're out of here. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.